All of the podcasts here at the Sideshow Network are now at the touch of a button on your iPhone and iPad. With the new Sideshow Network app, tune into all your favorite podcasts. Here at the Sideshow Network, go to iTunes App Store, search for Sideshow Network, and download our free app to stream all of your favorite Sideshow Network podcasts at any time you want. The top comedians in the world are at your fingertips with the Sideshow Network app for iPhone and iPad. So you're thinking about starting a new website? Maybe you have a new small business idea and want to tell someone or sell something online. Maybe you want to show off your photography. Or maybe you want to start that new podcast. Ah, huh. <laughs> GoDaddy is offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. That's impossible. They're always $99.99 or $12.99. They're $12.99, but right now GoDaddy's offering one new or transfer.com for just $1.99 for the first year. On the actual internet, or is this some BS sub-internet? No, no, this is GoDaddy.com. Right. We all use GoDaddy.com. Everything I have is on GoDaddy.com. I know. And each new.com comes with a free instant page website and a built-in photo album, so what are you waiting for? I don't Get believe Get your new it. website started today. I think it sounds like a scam. It can't possibly be GoDaddy's true. GoDaddy's not a scam. They have... Uh, uh, that hot check, Danica Patrick, for mm-hmm. their stuff. So it's not a scam. Plus, I use it for everything. It better not be a scam. <laughs> Go to GoDaddy.com and enter the code FORK at the checkout or click on the GoDaddy banner on our website. And you're all set to go. Fork you if you don't take <laughs> advantage of this incredible GoDaddy deal. I'm going to take advantage of it. on the road. I'm Mark DiCarlo, and as always, thankfully, <laughs> next to me is the lovely and talented traveling diva, Yenny Alvarez DiCarlo, and this is our Thanksgiving show. Yay! Happy, happy. I love Thanksgiving. And I know it's hack, and I know it's kind of obvious that we'll be doing a Thanksgiving show on Thanksgiving, but you know what? I don't think it hurts once a year to really focus At on all, all the year. things, no, just once a year, <laughs> that you're thankful for. So today is about all the things that we're thankful for, most of which uh, you people for listening to the show. Yay! We are getting a lot of great feedback. The show. Thank you is, for that, by the way. This is it's amazing to hear from you guys. We we just got our uh, ratings this week, and we are the number one travel and food show on the internet, and we have hundreds of thousands of listeners, and we couldn't have done it without you. So thank you very much. We want to thank all the people at the uh, Sideshow Network for putting the show on the air. All our great fans at SoundCloud and iTunes. This is a uh, really fun show to do, and it's uh, very gratifying uh, to have so many people listening. I'm thankful for that. What are I you know. How did that for? happen? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. What are you thankful for? <laughs> I'm. You know what? I'm just happy. I'm happy it's happening. I'm happy that uh, we have great guests, especially now. I'm dying to talk about these uh yeah, we have, yes. a, we have a great show for you. We're also thankful for our sponsors, the good folks at EnviroTabs. If you want to get better gas mileage and clean your engine, 
You drop these little $2 tabs in your tank and uh, it'll increase your gas mileage up to 15%. You can learn more about the Enviro tabs at greenfootglobal.com slash DiCarlo. We also want to thank the folks at Yucatan Holidays. Uh, I'll be tweeting out this weekend a special code where you can get five days in Cancun for two adults and two kids for just $170. Um, that doesn't include airfare. It's just the hotel, but it's a... For 170 bucks for four people in a hotel? For that's... five days, yeah, five days in Cancun. <laughs> it's a great special provided by our friends at Yucatan Holidays. You go down there, you have a great time. You could stay either at a big high-rise right on the ocean or at a big golf resort. So that's a great thing that you can be thankful for. We're certainly thankful for it. I'd be thankful if I was there. Yeah, I know. Although it's not too bad here in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles yeah, this week. Weather's good. I'm also thankful that people keep ordering my book. Um, <laughs> That's all me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very funny um, travelogue with great recipes, some of the best recipes I uh, was able to pry loose from chefs as I traveled around the country for the Travel Channel. You can get copies of that book at markdecarlo.com. All original recipes that you're not going to find anywhere else. Yeah, And we're thankful uh, that we're on the air and that we have these great guests on the show today. We have superstar actress, writer, and New York Times best-selling author, Nia Vardala. She's going to be on the show today talking about what uh, she's thankful for. She's hilarious. She's funny. I love her. We're also going to have um, Chef Barrett Bayer talking about his charity and uh, everything he's thankful for. And first off, we're going to be talking to Mark Karamov, all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. He's the CEO of a great new company called Travolta. And it's a way... Not like John Travolta. No, with an E. Uh, Travolta, meaning, meaning three times around? I don't know. In Italian. It's a great idea. His new company gives people the opportunity to take the trip of their lifetime absolutely free. So if you want to sail around the world, if you want to... But you have to be clever in presenting it. Yes. Because you kind of have to present the trip and then you get um, the, the sponsors or not. Well, yeah, not everybody is going to get to take the trip of their lifetime. But it's a really great idea where people can just uh, kind of pitch him. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to do this and that. And he'll say, okay, here's the sponsors and you can do it. So it's a very thankful show. I would imagine I would be very thankful. I would be very thankful. I think my dream trip would be to go to the International Space Station. Oh, take that's a ride. Take a ride in the Virgin Galactic, go up to the space station, be there for like a month, and then come back. A month? That's a long time. But you're in space. I want to spend a month in Italy again. You could see Italy every 25 minutes no, I from the space I station. Eat you can't eat Italy. <laughs> no, I would imagine the food in the space station is just dry. crap compared to the food <laughs> in Italy. But you're still... It's, you're, it's, you're just little, it's just little dehydrated ice cream you and juice boxes. You wouldn't want to go to space, really? I don't know. That's a little, little scary Miss to Star me. Little Star Trek freak doesn't want to go to space? Yeah. Well, it's Star Trek is safe see, at home. Yeah, but you could see Scotty's ashes if you were in space. Oh, that's horrible. That's horrible. I don't know. I mean, that's not a bad place. Are they in space? To, yeah, they shot his ashes into space. James Doohan, the actor that played Scotty, had his taken up into okay, space. Okay, see, I would go and try to find that. Try to find that, bring it back down. Can you imagine how, how much that would go for on the internet? Well, A, a you, you're basically then a grave robber <laughs> in space, and B... <laughs> there's no there's no law against that. Well, there probably is. And B, how are you going to find Scotty's... I don't think they're labeled as Scotty's ashes. They they probably just shot it like a <laughs> confetti cannon out of a window. Aww. <clears throat> but that, that would be my... That would be my dream trip. What would yours be? 
Uh, I think I would like to go around the world to the good places and live. I want to live with people. Good places. No, more no. specific. Okay, for place. example, I want to live a whole month or maybe two to three months in Italy. And I want to live with the people. I want to travel everywhere in Italy in the smaller little cities, not just the big cities, the small cities, and stay with the locals and experience everything they have to offer and all the customs and, and just live like somebody who's been living in Italy for 15 like years. Like get a job there and live there like a regular person as opposed yes, to touring. Absolutely. touring. absolutely. And um, What skills, what kind of job could you get in Italy? I can teach English. I can, yeah, <laughs> I can actually teach you could. Um, animal balloon making. <laughs> You know what? I um, just read on the internet there's a shortage of analog balloon making <laughs> teachers in Parma. Maybe you can go and get that I can gig. make Cuban coffee. Oh, the Italian coffee's pretty good. It is. Right. Well, that's that's uh, I think my trip is cooler. What's your trip? Going oh, to yeah. space. Well, yeah, but Well, if you could do anything, this this guy is looking for spectacular trips that people can follow. Yeah. And I think my I, I would at this point I would accept me and reject you. My my trip is more spectacular. It is spectacular, but there's not many people that are going to propose that. I think. Um, oh shit! I probably shouldn't have said it out loud. Now other people might propose it. You know what? Don't steal my every, idea. Not people. everybody wants to go into space. Oh, I my, think so. My stomach is very queasy when I get on a um, roller coaster, so I don't know if I could deal with going to space. Really? Yeah. I don't. I I, I, I mean, would... it's a, it's an incredible experience. I, but my stomach no, is just. I I'm, would I'm, bet. I would bet eighty percent of the people in the world, if you ask them, "Do you want to go to space before you die?" They would say yes. Yeah, they want to go, but they have to go through all the all the training. And have you seen the astronaut training? Yeah. So what? Yes. No, just looking at it gets me gets me queasy. You know what? You get into great shape. It's like going to boot camp. Uh, I, I don't whatever do boot it takes. Camp. Whatever it takes, I would do. Whatever it takes, I would do. You, you hockey player, you. Well, whatever. I don't know. I don't know if I could. You know what? If if, if there was a spa in space, I would do that. All right. Well, um, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I'm curious to see what our listeners say. Go to our website, aforkontheroadshow.com, and send us an email of where you would go on your spectacular trip, and and we'll read some of them on the air next week, and and maybe we can get you there. Yeah, maybe we can uh, cut the line at uh, Travolta. I'll tell you what, let's talk to him right now. Mark Karamoff, all the way from Johannesburg, South Africa. Welcome to A Fork on the Road. Hi, hi. So now you are the CEO of a new company called Travolta, and this is not this is not like a tribute to John Travolta, right? This is <laughs> what sounds like a really great travel opportunity for people. Can you explain it to people? Yeah, Travolta, it's, uh, it's crowdfunding travels. Uh, you think uh, Kickstarter for travelers. Uh, where we bring the element of sponsorship as well. So basically everyone who wants to go on an exciting journey, on an extraordinary journey, can actually raise funds for it through, um, uh, through our sponsor network. And, uh, but besides that, people can also back on other people. And uh, the whole idea is uh, to get uh, people's dream come true, and not necessarily some simple uh, vacation, but something really exciting, inspiring, meaningful. So if someone wants to travel around the world in a hot air balloon or... Uh, scuba all seven oceans of this of the world you guys set that up for him it doesn't cost him anything that sounds too good to be true <laughs> yeah exactly it doesn't cost anything because uh, yeah I mean uh, there is obviously revenue model but uh, we're not uh, gonna be charging people for submitting the applications that would be weird uh, we're charging we, we take commission uh, we're gonna be taking commission from uh, once you reach your goal uh, of your funding uh, 
and besides that on the sponsors element when sponsors comes in and when we set up a campaign for for sponsors uh, or sponsors uh, backing another project we charge sponsors so uh, the person who actually wants to go on a journey can actually go on a journey and not pay for it so you see all these people doing um traveling and uh, doing travel blogs we had a woman on the show about a month ago she was a lawyer in new york city big high-powered lawyer and she just quit and left and has been traveling the world eating and publishing a blog so i guess people like that you're going to attach sponsors to and then someone can sponsor her blog and then it gives her the money to travel is that the basic idea yeah, absolutely, exactly like that. There is, uh, you know, if you Google around, you will see a lot of great, great um, travelers traveling around and they have actually sponsors who sponsor those travels because those people have a following base, have user base, uh, have a base that they can share information with and photos and, uh, yeah, where they are and what are they doing. And at the same time, there is so many people who want to do amazing stuff and they can't do it and they can't get sponsorships and they struggle to get sponsors because uh, uh, they don't really have a, a user base. And that's basically what we provide. It's a platform where uh, hundreds of thousands of people uh, can see, can submit the application and try to go on some amazing journey. And for sponsors, sponsors have benefit. They just get uh, these eyeballs, this, uh, the eyes on, the, uh, on their brand and uh, being a part of something. This sounds really good. I want to do it. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, in the past 10 years, it used to be when people were going to book a trip, you'd call a travel agent on a telephone. And then people started doing it on their own and, you know, using the airline websites. And now, I think you're right, there are a lot of great travel things going on on the Internet. People, you know, I, I write a travel column on the Huffington Post, and it gets huge traffic numbers because people are interested in different places. And I think the Internet's a great place to research and to share other people's travels because it's so interactive so basically you're tapping into that that's really clever yeah and think yeah about it. i think um there's a lot of sponsors out there that cost them a lot of money to advertise you know if they don't want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on an ad on television um they can spend a smaller amount and send somebody to a fantastic location and get you know your return on investment i think is a lot higher when it comes to pr and um internet and online publicity than if you, you know, you don't have to spend $100,000 on a one television ad and then pay for, yeah. for it to run. You know, I think um, on the sponsor side, it's a phenomenal idea too. Yeah. All right, so how does a guy, like just some regular schmo sitting around his house, how does he get a free vacation? This is not like a weekend in Las Vegas. These are not the kind of trips that you're <laughs> sponsoring, is it? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, well, basically. Drunk and see a bunch of shows. <laughs> yeah, basically the first step, uh, obviously, is to get access. We, uh, because of such a huge attention that we have, we can't really roll out a platform to everyone, and we're uh, launching in phases. Uh, but once you get access, you basically can work on your application. And the application is not just something that's simply going to take you 30 minutes to fill in, and uh, you hope that someone's going to sponsor you. It's something that you really have to work for, uh, to work on. And uh, uh, basically, you need to show yeah how how you prepared, how ready you are to to do what you want to do, and if you're the right person to do what you want to do, and how you present yourself, who is in your team, uh, what is your funding goal, how are you going to spend your money? Uh, but besides that, uh, it's not really always about money. I mean, sponsors can come on board, not necessarily just giving money. Um, it could be anything, any any goods could be laptops, could be cameras, uh, it could be accommodation, tickets, uh, anything. So for sponsors, it's really great that. Uh, they yeah, don't have to just put money out there. They actually can sponsor whatever they produce, and, uh, and it's a huge, uh, I think it's a huge thing. Are you a traveler uh, yourself? Are you a big traveler? 
Yeah, every now and then uh, I, I can't unfortunately go every like uh, to to other countries uh, very often. Uh, but just during the weekend, during the week, I would just hop into my car and just drive around South Africa. How long have you been living in South Africa? Uh, four and a half years. Oh, I hear it's beautiful down there. And before that, uh, it's amazing. Russia? No, I've been uh, actually. I was born in Kazakhstan. Um, if you know Borat, um, that's <laughs> where Borat comes from. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is our uh, um, reference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to, to me, that's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Was that? Were you able to enjoy it, or did it just piss you off? Uh, no, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed. It. I think he pissed off a lot of people there, and the government especially. But uh, I think it's uh, you know it's a funny thing, and uh, you know, I think because of him, actually, people knew Kazakhstan yeah, before that. When I would say, yeah, when I would say I was from Kazakhstan, they would like, what? Where, where is that? Yeah, and I was it's like, oh, Kazakhstan, we know, yeah. <laughs> so I think, I yeah. So, um, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about the launch of your website because it was huge. You guys launched, and within 24 hours or something, you had tons of people. It, it, it's really a, a, a separate and apart from the travel part. It's just an internet success story. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, definitely. It was something that uh, uh, we wouldn't, we weren't expecting actually. Um, we wanted to see, you know, how it's how it's going to work. We put some money on Facebook ads and to see how people's going to react. And we noticed that 50% uh, of those who come on the website register. But then we did a series of tweaks to the follow-up page after a person leaves his email so that uh, he can actually share via Twitter, Facebook. And then since then, it just exploded. It just went viral, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're just looking at numbers and uh, try to figure out how to now quickly set up proper operations and uh, make the whole thing work. <laughs> so I, I went to your website and I was messing around with it a little bit. You have to you have to actually get in line to even get into the website. Then once you're into the website, that's when you make up your proposal. And it sounds like the proposal is basically, it almost sounds like you're setting yourself up as a different kind of travel channel where we're gonna, people are gonna pitch you the show they want to do, featuring themselves traveling around the world, and they, then you decide if it's uh, a good fit for your model or not. Is that a, a fair? Um, not not really. Um, uh, not really. The thing is, uh, yeah, um, obviously there is should be some kind of filtering. If we would open the website for all these users that we have, and they would start working the applications, and it all will be public, it would just become a mess. So we definitely have to do some filtering, and we have to see what people come up with. And uh, we, we also we learn as we go. You know, it's quite a new model, so we have to see how people react. What uh, what are the expectations? What are sponsors' expectations? And uh, act accordingly. So uh, that's why we have uh, yeah a lot of things uh, like application and filtering in, in place. Tell me about a couple of the applications that you've accepted and what the trips are going to be. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know if you saw on Monday we actually released the first two sponsored yeah. travels. Uh, the one is just amazing. I think it's very inspiring, and it's, uh, I think it really means a lot uh, because it's a team traveling from New York to uh, Argentina on ambulance, and they're donating this ambulance to a charity, uh, to a charity that would, could use such a vehicle. So it's an amazing, amazing uh, trip. They're an ambulance from New York to Argentina, and they're going to drive down through all the Americas? Yeah, exactly. It's a 14,000 mile trip. It's about. It's gonna take them about three months. Uh, I think there is uh, like eight people in the team, or ten or eleven. I'm not sure, but there is uh, some of them actually on the road in the ambulance, and some of them off-road, helping them out with their publicity and uh, uh, getting the word out. And what? Incredible. What material are they gonna generate? Are they gonna videotape the whole thing? Are they gonna be writing a blog the whole way? How can people connect with them? 
and follow yeah. them on their trip. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, they have their own website. Uh, besides that, uh, they will be writing a blog. They're already writing a blog on our website uh, so people can actually see where they are, what they're doing. Because the, the trip starts only in uh, late December, and uh, but what we say, it's starting long before. The whole preparation is a part of the trip. So they're going to be blogging about what, what do they do, how do they prepare, how do they get, seen, how do they get ready. Uh, and uh, during the, the trip, yeah, they will be taking photos, they will be writing blogs, and uh, they're going to be producing videos as well. Boy, I, I hope it's a safe trip because if, you know, if they have some sort of accident, uh, who would come? It would have to just be like a regular guy in a regular car coming as opposed to an, like if they have a gas tire or an accident. It would be confusing. Yeah, well, I hope they have a radio there that they can uh, connect to some uh, are hospital. They, are they doctors or are they just regular people that bought this ambulance and they're delivering it? And, and to what charity? I didn't know that was against yeah, the <laughs> yeah, the best thing, they, they, they are regular people and uh, the ambulance is just, uh, it's a retired ambulance. Uh, it's a vehicle with over 300,000 miles on its clock, so uh, otherwise it would just uh, just be wasted. So they're just taking this vehicle uh, to, a good, uh, to a good place, to a better place. What a great idea, very inspiring. What's, what's the other one that you've uh, already approved? The other one is, is quite simple, but it's uh, very interesting. It's a couple, it's an 18, 19 year old couple uh, from Canada. They're just traveling around the world. They're students, they study photography and they travel to uh, New Zealand, Australia and Hawaii and taking beautiful photos. And we just uh, showed uh, some of the trips to sponsors and one of the sponsors said, you know, like this, this sounds amazing. It's quite simple, but it's quite interesting and inspiring. And uh, let's just, you know, let's just back them. Uh, and here we go, they're on the road. It really sounds interesting, Mark. How, how can people get involved? And uh, you know, what's your website? What's the process exactly? If people, some of our listeners, want to apply to become Travolta travelers. Yeah. Well, basically, just go on the website and you leave your email. That's all that's required for now. We, we're working hard almost 24-7 uh, Saturday, Sundays to make the website accessible for everyone. But for now, once you register, you will have to be in the queue uh, for a little bit. Uh, our second phase is just around the corner where we're going to allow the second batch in uh, to work on the applications. Right now, we're on the, only on the sponsorship side where only sponsors can get involved. But we want to roll it out, roll it out so that people can actually back in other people uh, on some inspire, inspiring trips. Wow. What a great idea. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> Imagine yeah. the impact of an actual ambulance is going to have on a little town. What a great... Uh, so, okay, do they have um, supplies and stuff that they can distribute along the way, or is just the they're just delivering the ambulance? Because people um, see this ambulance passing by and, and, you know, what if somebody needs help? Is there anybody in there that's a doctor? The good news is they'll get they'll make really good traveling time because everyone will pull over to the side <laughs> of the road yeah. the whole way down. So they'll, they'll be able to go 80 miles an hour the whole way. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not going to get stopped by the cops. No. Uh, do they have a website where people can check in and follow their progress separate from yours? Um, yes, it's uh, lastresponders.org. Last, Last responders. responders, yeah. Oh, instead of first responders, that's clever. Lastresponders.org if you want to follow the ambulance delivery from New York to Argentina. And if you want to sign up for your trip of a lifetime, go to travolta.com. It's with an E T R E V. Travolta. T-R-E-V-O-L-T-A dot com, and who knows? But you have to have a really interesting uh, prospect. Well, you have to have a, a think of something Absolutely. amazing. We and have uh, a lot of interesting listeners. <laughs> if, if our feedback is any <laughs> we have a lot of interesting, interesting people listening to the show. Well, Mark, I think <laughs> it's a fantastic idea. I wish you the best of luck with it. And please uh, keep in touch so that we can follow as you expand your biz. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. You're very welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Travel safe. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. -bye.
Bye. What an interesting idea. You know what? I'm I'm sitting here, but my mind and my hands are already starting to go towards my computer. I want to check it out. Well, and are you actually going to submit the I'm going to go to Italy and work for a month idea? I don't know. Let me let me work on that. I want to work bit. on my space idea. I want to I want to make it a little more spectacular to compete with your space idea. I, I wish you good luck, and I wish me good luck too. If I go to space, you know what I'll do? I'll take a picture of the house <laughs> from space. <laughs> Our next guest. Everybody knows uh, from her the biggest independent comedy movie hit of all time, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. She was the star. She was the writer. She's gone on to do other movies like Connie and Carla, My Life in Ruins, uh, Larry Crown. There was beer all over the dance floor. And the band was playing rhythm and blues. You got down and did the gator. Half an hour later, you were barfing on. Hi, you guys. How are you? We're doing great. I should say, uh, New York Times best-selling author, Mia Vargas. Wait, uh, did Ian give you the memo? Because that's how I make him bring me coffee every morning. <laughs> I think that's only fair. Yeah, yeah. If he goes, do you want coffee, Nia? I just look at him like, I, I'm, I can't hear you. La, 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 la. I can't hear you. That's got to be cool. Your book is going into a third. Pr- and what's the name of the book again? I forgot. Of my book. Why, thank you for asking, Mark. Uh, the name of my book is Instant Mom. And it's about, uh, it's a futuristic story about freeze-dried people where you just add water and they reconstitute themselves in a spaceship? Yes, it is. Thank you for saying reconstitute because I try to hear that word at least once a month and it was almost the end of November. So thank you. Reconstituted. Okay, so I wanted to write a book about how we adopted our daughter, uh, how we found her in the process of an incredibly unregulated world of adoption where you're not sure if you're, when you're searching the interwebs, you're not sure if you're actually on a credible site or you're being lured to a foreign hotel room and someone will harvest your kidneys. (laughs) Which will be your next book, right? It's exa- that did happen, but you only need one. What the <laughs> hell? I'm okay. So I, I, my husband and I uh, decided that I would go public with the book, but because I don't really write about him or the family, or I just thought, okay, I'm just going to write from my perspective. But then, of course, I couldn't resist saying how cute he was changing diapers. So there Ooh. are references to Ian in the book, of course, because we make fun of ourselves incessantly. Well, see, on the surface, um, the, your, your book... To, as, as a guy, now I'm speaking just as a cynical guy. On the surface, your book sounds like a book I would never think to pick up because it sounds yeah. like a lifetime movie to me. Yet when I was reading it, I was laughing my ass off. There are some really touching moments, and I had no idea that you guys were going through all of this, this, this family upheaval. I mean, you know, it never came through at parties or when you were hanging out with your friends. It must have been. Just a big burden to bear. Oh, you know, I, I, I just could not. You, you know, we're really close. Like, just for the listeners out there, Mark, Yenny, and I are naked right now. We are close. <laughs> but and she's yet, on a phone in the other room because she's got a weird thing about that. But whatever. <laughs> yes, we all are naked. 
And I, I, and yet, yes, you didn't know. And my reasoning is not that I'm some martyr. It's just that I didn't want to be a downer. And when you go through trying to create a family and it not working biologically and it not working via adoption and it just not working the way it did not work for us for nine years, I, I just, I just kept it inside. And then I thought, well, if I start telling people now. It's just so big that I just couldn't. So, yes, suddenly we called everybody. I think we sent an email because why the book is called Instant Mom is because after almost a decade of trying, Ian and I signed up with American Foster Care. We got fingerprinted, background checked, and our house got cleared, and we got a call. And our daughter was almost three years old. They said, uh, there's a little girl. And I said, yes, right away into the phone because so many things had fallen through. And they said, no, I have to tell you, I have to read you her profile. I was like, yes, we're saying yes. Oh, my God, yes. Ian was in the shower, as usual, where all the good news comes. I write about this story in the book. <laughs> when Tom Hanks called me and said, Rita and I are going to make your screenplay into a movie and all the things that happened. Yes, you can play the bride. Ian was in the shower, by the way. Well, he is a very well-cleansed guy. (laughs) Or if there's a secret world in there, Mark, that I don't want to know about. I don't know what happens there. But when when Tom Hanks was on the phone, I banged on the the door, and I went, I was like banging on his bathroom door, and I went, and Ian, Ian, and then finally I opened the door, and I whispered, Tom Hanks is on the phone. And he goes, shut the door, I'm cold. And that's exactly what happened when we found our daughter. So that's maybe why I called the book Instant Mom. I'm still mad at Ian. You know, I think it's 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 weird and ironic. We have so many friends that are now having kids or having problems having kids. You know, you spend your whole life, young life, trying not to get pregnant. Yes. You know, from college and, and dating and stuff. And then suddenly, I guess, when you decide that you want to, it's it's a challenge for a lot of people. Is that because people are waiting longer to start families? Well, I mean, well what, what do you if, think that's about? If you get me started on the political rant, I believe it's genetically modified foods and preservatives and stress and drugs and just things that we didn't know that we were putting into our bodies because it's really common now. And it's not necessarily associated with age because, as I write in the book, I had some not exactly well-meaning women say not nice things to me. I refer to, everybody knows these women. They're all in everyone's group. There's, Women who, when you see them across the room, in an eye flick, you know, ah, that's a woman friend. Me, you, Yenny, we know. Yeah. I have your back. You will tell me if I look fat in those pants. You are <laughs> yes, good I friend. will. <laughs> yes. I will not let you out in public if you don't look good. Thank you. And then there's the other group who I refer to as the coven. There is a certain type of woman who does not have your best interests at heart, and those women said terrible things to me, including by the time I think I was about 37 when we'd been trying for a really long time, and they said, shouldn't have waited. And just to be clear, I waited. I started when we were 30. So it's not necessarily related to age or anything, and and a lot of infertility is linked to guilt and stress and it just happens. But anyway, we've lost all the male viewers. Let's go back. Let's go back to well, talking no, you about know what? boobs. Here's an interesting thing. Women are incredibly catty. If a guy doesn't like another guy, he'll walk up to him, say, you know what? You're an asshole. Here's why. Ba, 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 ba. And then 20 minutes later, you've either beaten him up or you're having a beer with him. Women ap- approach that kind of animosity completely differently. And my theory is because certainly women of my age didn't play team sports. 
and boys play team sports. And when you're on a team, at some point, some coach teaches you to shut up, stop whining, and play for the good of the team. And women play individual sports, and they don't. I think maybe girls that are 18 and 20 now have a different perspective than girls that are 40. But girls that are 40, they... I disagree with that theory because I didn't play sports and I'm totally a, a girl's girl. I have great uh, yeah, women I could, friends. Yeah, I couldn't play sports because I had to go to Greek school. And <laughs> I, I do. I'm a girl's I girl. But I think I had to get out of Cuba. But you don't think there's any validity to that? I mean, there, obviously there's yeah, there is, exceptions. There, yeah, there is a lot of... Uh, of, of truth to that as well, Yenny, because my daughter now, who's eight, plays on team sports, and I see a camaraderie and a, hey, drop your BS to each other already. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So it depends on the girl, number one, because some of these girls you see are a chip off the old mommy coven block, and they're already exhibiting behavior, and then some of the boys are odd, too. So I don't know. It is my way. The way I was raised as a medical child Canadian is walk away. And I don't think that works anymore. I think walk away respectfully and quietly because you're Canadian. That's right. Walk (laughs) away. Don't storm off. No, no. Say sorry. My mom went up to the other mom and said, your little girl is a bitch. And if you keep doing that, I'm going to slap you. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. But you're very direct. You're very direct, Yanni. And you might get away with it because you're so pretty. I'm not sure. (laughs) But it is. It is. Again, just to remind the, the listeners, we're naked, so I know. <laughs> well, and to get back to the guy thing, this the again, you and you that's t- what that's when we get all the guys back. Well, and you touch on all this in the book. It's there's all this swirling stuff around uh, having babies and getting pregnant and adopting that. That as a guy, I was completely clueless about. And and you you get in you get into it from through the funny door, I think, and that makes it a book that both men and women. Uh, regardless of the, even if I didn't know you, I, I would have, I, I don't know if I, if I would have gotten the book, but once I had the book, I loved it because it was funny and it was also informative. You know? Thank you. I'm trying to approach anything I write. Like the best compliment is when the, you know, burly football player would come up to me at the Beverly Center and say, I like my big fat Greek wedding. It was like, what? Wow. What? A movie with wedding in it? Like, wow. So I'm trying to do that and not to pat myself on the back, but it's just that I don't want to exclude anybody. So I tried to write a book that wouldn't give guys the gonad shrink. There's nothing medical in it. There's nothing... You know, Ian read it and vetted it fully to make sure that there wasn't anything in there that would make people go, oh, no. No, not at all. No, it's, you know what? It's a comedy book about a very serious process. Not serious process, but, um, I don't know, important process? Well, I think from a girl, from a girl's point of view, I like the book because, yeah, there was a whole adoption story and everything, but I like books that make me feel that make that move me in either direction i was crying in one page and laughing at the other one i couldn't put the book down i at three in the morning i remember looking at it going i can go another hour i can go another hour trying to, <laughs> trying to stop sobbing so that mark wouldn't wake up i mean i like oh. books that do that to me and i'm oh, used to you sobbing you. in bed baby <laughs> uh, um, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. At the book signings now, um, as I'm, I keep going now out because uh, these organizations will buy three to five hundred books and then bring me in. I don't charge for an appearance. Plus, I'm donating the proceeds of the book to get kids adopted worldwide. So, thank you, thank you so much for talking about the book. 
So when I go to these book signings, I see that people, it's first of all 50% male, and they're not talking about parenting, adoption, uh, any infertility at, the, at these book signings. They see the book as an overarching theme of just saying, no, I'm not accepting this, and I'm doing something else. And I hear stories from men about, you know, I got fired from my job five years ago, and then I reinvented myself, and I do desktop publishing. It's amazing. Well, and is there an element of embarrassment or, I don't know, shame's not the right word, but if you're trying to conceive and you can't, I'm sure there's all kinds of, like, you know, issues that come up between the couple. You know, is there something wrong with us? What's How come it's not happening? I, I would imagine that puts a lot of stress on a relationship. And again, we didn't see any of that. Oh, thanks. We we just decided, to be, when Ian and I met at Second City, we were making $65 a show in the touring company, and we had no plan for marriage, nothing, nothing. But we immediately started pooling our money, immediately. I don't know what it is. So we, we sort of always felt like we were a team in it all. And... That's why I, I write the stories of how impossibly we got my big fat Greek wedding made. That story's in there. Also, when I had dinner with the Queen of England, that story's in there. Because I realize these are all things that we went through Let's in talk the about process. that a little bit. For, and for people that don't know, our husband is Ian Gomez. He's very funny. Uh, Cougar Town. Cougar Town and Drew Carey. He also was in my big fat Greek wedding, but not in the John Corbett part, which must have made Ian feel bad. Big, tall, no, handsome, we hate Harry. No, yeah. I make him. No, no, I make him be in my movies, and this is how, what he does. He will walk by my office. First, he'll say, "Who are you kissing now?" As I'm yeah. writing. Then um, I'll give him the script. Tell him you get to come to Spain and Greece to shoot this one. He'll flip through it and go, "Yeah, I'll, I'll play the bar owner if I can carry a gun." <laughs> So he, we never want to play a couple. It's too gross. It's like saying, look how cute we are. Now pay $11 and watch us kiss. He was, and I don't think that ever works. I mean, when has no, that ever no, worked? Can't. But he's hilarious. He plays this really sleazy uh, hotel clerk in My Life in Ruins with more hair on his ears than he has on his back. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. The biggest compliment was when we uh, premiered the movie in Athens. All the Greeks in the audience were like, who's that Greek actor? And I, Ian, was beaming <laughs> from mole to mole. <laughs> Tell us about eating with the queen. Well, that story is in the book. What happened is um, I got the incredible opportunity to have dinner with the Queen of England. And immediately, back to this thing of us being a team, I said, well, I'd like to bring my husband. And they said, well, we don't have room, and it's you at a table with Canada's premier ballerina and uh, a singer, Lorena McKinnett. And, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's the Canadians at the table. She's come, and I went, I, I don't know about this. And they said, well, Prince Philip will be sitting at another table, too. And I went, oh, all right, Ian's out. I'm in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately they, the protocol secretary called me and talked me through the curtsy. And this was weeks before, and I was like, okay, I got it. He sent uh, videos of how it occurs that you do not extend your hand to the queen until she extends hers. You don't address the queen. You don't change the subject at dinner. The curtsy has to be hands at your side, one foot behind the other, eyes forward, looking at the queen, but slightly bowed, and then go down. I was like, oh, my God, okay. So I got there, and I hear, ba -bum, ba -bum, like the queen is arriving at the parliament buildings, and the protocol secretary is right in my face going, have you practiced the curtsy? And I said, uh, um, yes, yes, I have. And he went, ah, 
may I see it? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, my God, I'm horrified. Uh, Sure. So on my teetering Louboutin shoes that I'd bought to match my Alberta Ferretti blue suit, I put one foot behind the other, and I go to go down, and I fell over. Like, I said, what? And he had to write me, like, grab my elbow, like, you're a loser. I was like, agreed, agreed. And then, you know, we hear that the queen is arriving in the door. And he's like, again, again. And I had to keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And then he goes, all right, now, straighten up. And so I looked and she's coming, like she's turning the corner. She comes toward me and he says, whispers, do not extend your hand. Do not extend your hand. Unless the queen extends her. Okay. So as she comes toward me, he, someone's whispering in her ear, Nia Vardalis, my big fat Greek wedding. And she walks right toward me, big smile, puts her hand out and goes, and did you write the movie yourself? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? As well, did you? Did you write the movie? I go, ah, yes, I did. Um, I wrote it about my family. And then I pointed up to the balcony uh, where uh, at the Parliament Buildings in Winnipeg, there's my mom, my dad, Ian, my sister, my brother-in-law. Everyone's there leaning over. And my mom and I looked at each other. <coughs> we were... 50 feet away, and we, our tears, met halfway. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we squirted tears at each other, like, is this happening? (laughs) Do you you think the queen ever asked herself, I wonder why everyone always does the same curtsy when they meet me? (laughs) I bet she does. She's like, oh, there it is again. Boring. (laughs) I wonder who, who, who started that. The, yes, that I guess specific, the protocol. Henry VIII that, would be my guess. I know, but that yes, specific perhaps. one and the way you do it. Yeah, it's got to be a certain way. Instead of like ballet. What a thrill, feet. though. That's the, you know what? Show business, it, it provides for the highest highs and the lowest lows. Uh-huh. Good way to put it's it. It's never yeah. boring. No, no, never boring. You know, even there are so many things that have happened, and i got to say it's seeing it reflected on my parents' or friends' faces that is when it sinks in. That's when you go, oh, oh. I see. Because you're sort of in a rush and a, a whir of trying to get from one thing to another. The dress arrives, the shoes arrive, you put it on, you go out on the red carpet. And then at the after party, you see your friends and you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> well, and you always seem very delighted by all that And very appreciative. Stuff, yeah. You know, you don't take it for and granted. And very thankful since this yeah. is our thankful Thanksgiving episode. Yay. I want to I talk about the charity. Yes. Yeah, tell um, me about the children's charities. There is a group called Children's Action Network, and Mm -hmm. if you're listening to this, there are two ways that you can give back. I know everyone wants to over the holidays. Uh, One is, as I say, if you buy the book, Infant Mom, the money gets donated to get kids adopted worldwide. The second is there are kids, teens and younger kids, living in American foster care. We don't have orphanages in this country. We met our daughter through American foster care, an almost three-year-old little girl, living in a loving foster home uh, uh, that the media doesn't talk about. So my job, what I'm trying to do, the back of the book is how to adopt from all over the world. But in these interviews and in talking to you, there's a group called Children's Action Network. If you put it into your computer, a site will come up, and you can buy a gift for a kid living in foster care through Toys R Us. You just click on the link, and it will go to that kid. That's great. I think that's amazing. Well, we're very thankful that you uh, had time to spend with us today and uh, thankful for our friendship and thankful that there's a book about uh, adoption that's actually funny and interesting to read. And thankful for um, charities like Children's um, Action Network that, you know, they make it happen. Now the holidays are coming up and they're thinking these kids are not going to have presents. 
there are teens living in foster care who don't have anyone to get a gift for them. Like that's, yeah, mm-hmm. this is a way of just giving back. So thank you. I'm thankful for the blinds on my house since we're all naked. <laughs> well, thank you, Nia. Have a great you, uh, holiday. Tell uh, Ian we said hi. And um, the book is in its third printing. It's a New York Times bestseller list book. And it's called Instant Mom by Nia Vardalas. She'll be coming to a city near you to sign it soon. And yes, we are going exactly. to we're going to post all the links to Children's Action Network and uh, the flyer that uh, you sent me. And um, you know, hopefully, our audiences will click on it and spread the word and buy one present or two for a kid. Yeah, go crazy, Wonderful. splurge. Yep. You guys and rock. it's tax deductible. Thank Thanks, Nia. You're the best. Thank you, Nia. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Love you. Oh, she's 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 such an unpleasant person. <laughs> she really is. She's she's just an unpleasant person who really doesn't uh, take the time to enjoy her great success. Just just a mess of a human being. <laughs> just a mess of a human being. How many people want to be Nia Vardalos? Really, come on. I would if I were to have a sex change, that would be what I would like. <laughs> well, that would be kind of creepy then, you know. Yeah, you you would not make a. No, I, w- I would not make a pretty no. Nia. No, but the 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 book is as I, w- I was saying, it's so not a chick book. You know, I thought it was going to be a chick book, but it's not. I laughed. Well, I thought it was very funny. I very laughed. Heartwarming. And I, I I remember reading it, and I you couldn't put it down. I was boohooing. Mm-hmm. I was boohooing at some of the parts, and it's just it's very unexpected. You don't think. You know, somebody like Nia Vardalos that's on top of the world and, and has all this great stuff going for her. You don't think that there's trials and tribulations. But everybody has that. I in know, their but, you know, she's she's got it all. And then when you read the book, you realize, wow, you know, she went through this and that's what made her into this amazing person that she is today. Uh, I, I, I was boohooing. There's some parts in there that really took me by surprise and um, some parts in there where, where I was laughing out loud. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to... Spoiler for anybody, but you have to go out and get this book, and I think it has a little bit of um, something yeah, and guys, unexpected for, for everybody. Guys, don't be put off by the fact that girls read it and cry. It's really an interesting uh, adult story. Uh, it's very funny and very insightful, and I learned a lot of stuff about fostering that I had, I had no idea that there was a difference between fostering and adoption. All you hear is that it's so hard to adopt a baby, blah, 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 blah. And uh, you know now I nobody I gives know you what... nobody gives you the details that the, that the book yeah there's, gives you. the back of the book has a actual like a how to how to mm-hmm. go through it and do it and I know uh, uh, Nia <laughs> the Golden Sperm Award she deserved that and <laughs> and uh, she's raised a lot of awareness on that and think of how many ripples that's going to cause how many kids are going to end up in homes that maybe wouldn't have if this book hadn't come out and if she had been hadn't been an advocate for the process so. Uh, I'm I'm thankful that there are celebrities. Screw it. I'm thankful that there are people in the world that uh, use their bully pulpit for the good of other people instead of just lining their own pockets. Mm -hmm. Nia is the flip side of the of those Kardashians. Well, the the Kardashians would show up at a at an execution (laughs) if you paid them fifty thousand dollars. Just self-involved, shallow, trashy. Horrible excuses for human beings. Okay, really? Using, using. Come on. What are they famous for? You know, you know, the only person I dislike more than the Kardashians. I'm, I'm not gonna. I keep saying her name every week. I'm not going to. But oh, the, the, that really? one housewife. No, 
especially living out here in Los Angeles, you see these celebrities, and there are some of them, like, you know, I think John Lennon was the first one. You, you can't be more famous than John Lennon. But instead of making it all about John Lennon, he took all the press and yeah. all the attention and funneled it into things that he thought were good for the world. Stopping the war, you know, advocating for peace. He spent his honeymoon... And creativity and love and... Yeah, his whole life was about... It may sound corny to people now, but uh, it's not. And at the time, it was groundbreakingly different, and it took people by storm. And, it, you know, a lot of people made fun of him because he was a crazy hippie, just talking about love and staying in bed and having a sit-in and a love-in and a peace-in. But you know what? Those ripples are still being felt in his music and... Uh, and people that didn't know, um, you know, that, are, that were just born this past decade are still hearing the songs, are, are still hearing Imagine and getting that generations later. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just the flip side of, of all the shallow, nasty celebrities that are Reality just money-grabbing whores. So uh, I, I think it's, I think, um, uh, you know, when celebrities choose not to do that, that's great. Next week we're going to be talking to Dick Van Dyke, who's a big, oh. huge... Uh, supporter of the Midnight Mission here in Los Angeles. The Midnight Mission celebrating its 100th anniversary. It's not federally funded. It's not funded by the state. It's funded just by corporate and private donations, and they've been helping people get off the streets and into homes and into jobs for 100 years. And this is something that Dick Van Dyke supports. Does Dick Van Dyke need to go out and do this? No, I'm sure he's got plenty of great things to do, but he likes to Where's give Where's the that. mission? It's in downtown L.A. Okay. We're going to go there next this. week. Think about this. Dick Van Dyke... Um, I'm not sure how old he is, but he's going to wake up super early in the morning to get into hair and makeup, to leave Malibu, which driving from Malibu to downtown L.A., I mean, you really have to want to do that. On Thanksgiving Day. Oh. Yeah. <coughs> we're, cl we're way closer to downtown L.A., and I'm not looking forward to the drive. Oh, that's going to be Imagine freaking Malibu. That's going to be great. And so so it, that, that's a, a long, circuitous way of saying... That um, we're very happy to know Nia and, and very happy for her success. And I love that she's paying it forward, uh, unlike a lot of people who choose not to. So that, that, was, a long, that was a long, twisted road. Twisted to, is right. To get there. Speaking of twisted, our next guest is delightfully twisted. <laughs> and uh, he's got a great message, too. We're going to be talking to Chef Barrett Bayer mm -hmm. from Hell's Kitchen. The, the TV show Hell's yes, Kitchen the or the area Hell's Kitchen? No, the TV show Hell's Kitchen and uh, his trials and tribulations and that and his charity that helps uh, kids. He's going to be heading a culinary school for children. Um, so let's hear it. Hi, Barrett. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So let's talk about you. Tell me uh, your journey. Tell me who you are, where you're working right now. All right. Uh, my, my journey is a long one, so I'll do it in the short version. Uh, my name is Chef Barrett Byer. Uh, I'm originally from New York. I'm born and raised in Long Island, New York. Uh, I served in the military. I was in the United States Coast Guard straight out of high school from 1994 to 97. Uh, that's pretty much where I fell in love with food because I was in the kitchen, running a kitchen on the uh, station I was at, and I was also in a firehouse. Wow. Uh, after that, I pretty much... So that firehouse had a gourmet cooking. What's that? That firehouse had great food. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The firefighters, they cook the best food because they're stuck in a building for two days, three days at a time sometimes. And they got to make their own food. I mean, they make some of the most outstanding food that I've ever had. And that's basically 
what gave me an appreciation for food in the beginning. I didn't really pursue it when I got out of the Coast Guard until until recently because I pretty much just wanted to be a man of all trades and I hopped from job to job. But uh, once I hopped in the kitchen and it was it was over for me and and uh, I fell in love with it and I actually started cooking to get on to Hell's Kitchen, um, which I was a contestant on in season eleven. And um, you know I did it in eight months. I mean I basically went to school, I learned what I needed to learn, got the basics, and then I just put myself in the kitchen and worked sixteen hours a day and 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 fell in love with it. Oh wow. And um, did you do it because of Hell's Kitchen? That's the reason why I got into the career. I mean, I was doing mortgages in 2007 to 2010, and the mortgage industry collapsed. We all know that. So yeah. nobody can get a loan for a house. I couldn't make any money. I needed some uh, a career change, and my mother had suggested, well, you want to get on the show. You keep saying that you can cook, so why don't you go to culinary school? And I said, you know what? Let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens, you know, because I love food. I love cooking food. And when I got into culinary school, I just, you know, found – you know, found a love for it and a passion and, you know, couldn't be stopped. And from there, I got out of school and eight months later, I got on the show. So we have to thank your mother. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, I thank her every day. You know, she's uh, she's the reason why I changed careers. And also, I had a daughter at the time. I, she was just born in 2008. So, um, you know, I push myself every day to the limit that I, I possibly can with, with anything I could possibly do. I mean, I, I, I go hard or I go home, you know, and I rarely ever go home. So it's just go hard all the time. I can see that in you. <laughs> yeah, and, I, got um, a, I got a fighter mentality. What was, the, uh, what was your biggest challenge at uh, Hell's Kitchen? Um, the biggest challenge was trying to keep up with all the seasoned uh, cooks that were on there, the chefs that were on there. I mean, uh, I was up against guys with 15 years experience, you know, executive chefs, and here I am straight out of culinary school, you know, a year out of culinary school. And, you know, what I thought, you know what, I sat back on the couch and I watched the show and I said, I can do that, I can do that. How could they not run one station? But then when you get there, it's a different story. It's it's not what it looks like on TV. I mean, it looks easy on TV, but let me tell you something. I will never talk smack about anybody that's been on that show ever again. <laughs> and, uh, and I dare anybody that thinks that they can they can cook really well to get on the show. I mean, it's it's a different world, man. It's totally different than what it looks like on TV. Yeah, and the adrenaline running through your veins at that moment. I mean, that's it's something crazy. That I mean, they, they, they keep you up just enough so you don't die. They feed you just enough so you don't die. <laughs> so, it's, you know, after like, you know, the 10th episode, I started getting a little delirious. I mean, I shaved my hair off, but that wasn't because I was crazy. It was because I was trying to prove a point to Chef Ramsey because he kept making fun of me and my hair. He said, you got great hair, but, you know, this, your writing sucks and this and that. But I wasn't there for the look. I was there to cook, yeah. you know, and I wanted him to take me a little more seriously. So I shaved my mohawk <laughs> off. Okay, so now let's talk about um, the show is about Thanksgiving and giving back. Let's talk about your charity because you're you're big time into that, and uh, I want to know what your charity is and um, how you help. All right. Well, I, I mean, I've been doing a lot of appearances with different charities here and there. Uh, you know, American Breast Cancer Association. Um, you know, uh, Long Island Long Island Hospitality Bowl. We did something where we raised funds for uh, for an aid organization. But the one that I'm heavily involved with. It's um, it's called Bullying, We're Kicking It. It's basically an organization, Rocky Marciano Jr., who we all know, his father, Rocky Marciano, the famous boxer. Yes. He's uh, he's one of the, the head organizers of, of the um, the charity. It's a 501c3 charity, not-for-profit organization. And, um, you know, we do events pretty much all over just to raise awareness for bullying. And, you know, not just for the bullies, and for, the, for the people that are being bullied, but for the bullies themselves, because they, have, they obviously have some issues as well. Um, me personally, I think it comes from the parenting. Um, you know, if, if a parent is not involved with their with their child's life as much as they should be, they might lash out and tend to do things that they don't wouldn't normally do if they had that support at home. 
Um, but, you know, it's for, it's for anybody. And we're, we're actually going to be, they just opened up their first center in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just going to keep expanding from there. I mean, we're going to have different programs for kids to get involved with. Um, you know, we're going to have a culinary program, which I'm probably going to be running. Uh, I'm probably going to be the director of the culinary part of it because, you know, kids, when they're in high school and they're taking home ec classes, the, the bullies go, oh, you're in home ec, oh, you're cooking, oh, that's for girls. You know, it's not for girls. It's for everybody, you know. It's yeah. for people that have a passion for food. And, uh, no, and you know, men who can cook, place for men. men who can cook, woo, that is worth its weight in gold. Yes, I mean, you know, it's funny. I just cooked for a family the other day out here in Long Island uh, because uh, they raffled me off pretty much in like a charity organization to raise funds for the high school that I went to. Um, and, and the kid was like 15 years old. I, I said to him, I said, he's got his first girlfriend. And I said, you know what? You want to impress a girl? Learn how to cook. I think that's amazing. And I, I thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, please send me the information. What is the name of the charity? The website is we'rekickingit.org. 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 W-E-R-E-K-I-C-K-I-N-I-T. Great. I am going to post that and uh, I'll send you all the links so that you're aware. And thank you so much for your work for the community. Um, we're also doing some recipes. If you would like to send us a recipe, we'll post it on the website. Oh, absolutely. I'll send you one. Uh, yeah, just send me your email. And actually, I have your email. I'll send you one. Yeah. Firehouse. I'll send you, I'll send you a nice, <laughs> a nice little uh, twist or a sweet potato hash for Thanksgiving. Woo! That sounds delicious. Yum. It is. I came up with it the other night, uh, you know, two weeks ago. I was just, you know, I was in the store and I just started grabbing things and all of a sudden one thing led to another and then I got this spectacular dish and I was just like, I had to share it with everybody. Oh, yes, you should. Sharing is caring. Absolutely, all day. <laughs> thank you, Barrett. Thank you so all right, much for being you. on the show. We'll talk to you soon. No problem. Have a good one. You got Bye, it. honey. Bye. Well, that's great that he's going to be giving back to kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's very thankful to his mother um, for getting him back on um, the cooking trail. I remember it was week. always a big, it was a huge deal in our house when you were tall enough to see the cooktop. Then you could cook. You know, when you were a little kid, we weren't allowed to go near the stove because, you know, you can burn yourself and burn down the house and all that stuff. And then I was the first kid that was tall enough to mm-hmm. see the stove. So I was the first kid that was able to start cooking and it was pretty fun. Well, you know, his mother recognized that he was good at it. Not only, you know, can you put two things together, but he was really good at it. He had the passion for it and guided him back into uh, to cooking. Mm-hmm. So he's very thankful to his mother. Yeah. Well, we're all thankful uh, to everyone. And this is our uh, thankful show. And we're thankful that you chose to listen to it on this Thanksgiving Day 2013 we want to thank our guests, Nia Vardalis, Barrett Bayer, and Mark Karamov from Travolta. And we hope that you go out today and do something that you'll be thankful for. Yeah, pay it forward today. There you go. But just today. Go back to being a, a rotten human being no. on Friday. Always, yeah, pay, don't, always do something don't waste nice for it. someone. No, it's exhausting Make to be nice. Make someone happy. But just today. Go back to acting in, in horrible mouth. self-interest and being a piece of crap tomorrow. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to I'm going to smack you. I'm going to be good today, but then after that I'm going back to my regular. Yeah, well. My regular. All right, well that wraps it up. This edition of A Fork on the Road, you can visit us at aforkontheroadshow.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Mark DeCarlo and at Traveling Diva. And we always love to hear from you, so you can go to the site and uh, send a fork us an on the road show.com and uh, go to the contact page, send us an email. And look out for my uh, travel blog on the Huffington Post. Got some great stories posted there about Hawaii and Italy and America and food and travel. Lots of funny stuff and lots of funny videos there. So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time on... 
A Fork on the Road. November 1621. By now, the white man has arrived in great numbers, not only at Miami, but at Jamestown, at Plymouth, and at Salem, Massachusetts. The Puritans have established a thriving colony, enjoying all the social and cultural refinements of a modern society. Hiya, Harv. Who are you taking to the witch burning Saturday night? Uh, Prudence Adams. Who are you taking to the Rotary Club luncheon? I haven't got a date yet, but I hear it's going to be quite a spread. Well, Mayor Pennypacker, how's it look for re-election? Great, great, great. Never looked better. Yeah, what about the Indian vote? What do you mean by that? Well, you're not too popular with the Indians. They could lose you the election. That's possible? Well, they outnumber us. Well, that's the trouble. You give them an inch and they take over. But, Mayor, they were here before we were. We moved in on them. So we did. Well, there's just something about them. They wear funny shoes. They don't even have buckles on them. Be that as it may, election is Friday. You better make some gesture this week. Like what? Well, how about if you make a concession and pick an Indian as a running mate? You'd be sure to carry the Indian block. What? Anything happened to me? You'd have a mayor that wasn't a Puritan. He'd probably take orders directly from Chief Powhatan. Yeah. Say, I got it. The big luncheon tomorrow. The one under the trees. What about it? We'll ask an Indian. That'll impress the rest of them. We could even announce you're going to put one in your cabinet. No need to go that far. Just have one to lunch. It'll be great press. Mayor Pennypacker comes out for equality. Justice. Votes. What a slogan. Take an Indian to lunch this week. Show him we're a regular bunch this week. Show him we're as liberal as can be. Let him know he's almost as good as we. Make a feathered friend feel fed this week. Overlook the fact he's red this week. Let him share our Quaker oats. Cause he's useful when he votes. Take an Indian to lunch. Two, four, six, eight. Who do we tolerate? Indians, Indians. Rah, rah, rah. Take an Indian to lunch this week. Let him sit right down and munch this week. Let's give in and all do the brotherhood bit. Just make sure we don't make a habit of it. Take an Indian to dine this week. Show him we don't draw the line this week. We know everyone can't be as American as we. After all, we came over on the Mayflower. Take an Indian. Not a wooden Indian, but a real life Indian to lunch. Needless to say, the luncheon there under the trees was a great success, and a good time was had by Puritans and Indian alike. Everything came off beautifully, with the exception of one minor catastrophe. 
What do you mean you cooked the turkey, Charlie? Well, I cooked the turkey, that's all. You put our national bird in the oven, is that correct? Yeah, well, I... And all uh, of us had our mouth set for roast eagle with all the trimmings. Yeah, well, I... Uh, you did a thing like that. Well, the two birds were lying there side by side. The turkey was for the centerpiece, Charlie. I mean... Well, they look so much alike well, that I... Well, uh, we blew it uh, now. They're all sitting down at the table out there. Yeah, yeah. Started on their little nut cups already. We just have to switch the birds, that's all. Yeah, well... Serve them turkey instead of eagle. But it's kind of scrawny looking, isn't it? Yeah, well, I thought I'd stuff some old bread in it and make it look a little fatter. You do that, okay? Okay. Okay. <laughs> 